I love seeing how God orchestrates things that we're not smart enough to put together. And we knew some time ago that we were going to have one of our global partners with us this morning, James Bach, but we didn't exactly know what week of the text it would fall on. And so as we talked about how to spend this morning, we knew that James was gonna be in town originally. And we thought during the announcements, we'll just bring James up here, have him share for a few minutes and then pray for him. But the more we prayed about it and the more we thought about it and the more we studied this text, particularly how it lands here with the work of reconciliation, all things being reconciled in Jesus Christ, we thought this is the work that God has given James to do in his home country of South Sudan. Let's invite him to share with us what that work of reconciliation is all about. And as we experienced in the first service, there was just sort of this amazement that I had uh, here up here hearing from James in an interview that you all will get to uh, experience as well in just a moment, just how well-timed all of this is for us. We did not want to finish this passage without helping us kind of come out of ourselves in worship of our King Jesus and also break through our walls in understanding that the reconciliation work that Christ is up to, we have a part in that. We've been called to it. And James is a tremendous example of that. So in just a minute, I'll bring him up. Let me give you just a background context. Some of you know James. He's a well-loved part of our body. He's been a partner with us for 15 years. He doesn't live here. He lives in South Sudan. Uh, he is Sudanese. In fact, he was one of the lost boys of Sudan. Some of you know that story. Others of you may not, but he, along with thousands of others, were displaced from their homes during a war. James was 13 years old, and these boys were forced to find refuge, and they walked hundreds of miles uh, for days and weeks trying to get to a refugee center. And along the way, they didn't have much water. They didn't have much food. They were prey to wild animals. They were prey to the militants that were uh, inscripting them into their service or, or killing them for various reasons. By some estimates, more than half of the boys that were walking through the wilderness in search of refuge died along the way or were taken and kidnapped and, and brought into the war. By God's grace, James made it to a refugee center. And I want to read to you what he has written about his time at the Refugee Center. This is part of his um, autobiography that, that is posted on our website. He said this, Initially, my main mission at the refugee camp was to acquire a gun and go back to Sudan and fight to defend my village and country from Arab militants. However, one evening as I was praying, I saw a vision of a man wearing white clothes who came to me and gave me a Bible and said, fight with this. As I pondered this, the issue of acquiring a gun vanished in my heart, and then I realized that God was calling me to be his messenger. And James went on to get some schooling there at the refugee camp and began to study the Bible as well, and then 10 years later, he returned to his homeland as a pastor. And for the past 20 years, James has been proclaiming the gospel of reconciliation to his people based in the text that you and I just read, Colossians 1, 19 and 20. I want to put up on the screen for us um, the organization that James founded. Uh, he was a pastor, and then he, God led him to start this organization, uh, Solidarity Ministries Africa for Reconciliation and Development. James is the founder, and James is the director of this organization that we support. And James is one of our global partners, and I want to invite James to the stage now to spend some time with us. Thank you. 
James, it is so good to have you with us, and we want to thank you for coming all this way and spending some time sharing with us this morning. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I am glad that I'm able to come and connect with Folishy Bible Church again. Uh, I know over the last 15 years, this church has stand in solidarity with the people of South Sudan. And I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to your support, your support, God has used your support to change lives in South Sudan. And I want to say thank you, Polish Bible Church. Amen. Amen. I, re I received that on their behalf. You. <laughs> You're thank so you. welcome. Thank it's you. a blessing. To be a partner with you. Many of you may not know how our partnerships work. If you're relatively new to our church, uh, we have 12 global partners, and they're all individuals like James who are indigenous peoples in their home countries. Um, and we support them three ways through our financial giving, primarily through our global Christmas. Number two, by going, we send uh, short-term teams. In fact, we've got a team we'll be praying for next week that we're sending to be with James uh, for a short period of time. And then third, we pray. And we're gonna have an opportunity to pray for James this morning. But, but I wanna ask you, uh, James, to share more about the work of reconciliation. Before you do, though, can I give some context for them? Uh, here's an interesting thing that I've learned as I've dug into what's been going on in South Sudan. There are two major tribes that James has explained uh, to me, the Dinka tribe and the New Air tribe. And there are many tribes in South Sudan, but these are the, the two largest. They have been fighting for decades. And it's one of those kinds of fighting that's not just the military involved. It goes throughout the whole country and, and people pick up the machetes and they have done tremendous harm and damage family by family, village by village throughout a number of years. They've had some all out civil wars, several in the past 20 years or so. This is a worn, torn country. In fact, um, uh, sociologists and social workers that have gone there said there's virtually no one in South Sudan that is not traumatized through war. Uh, there's virtually no one that has not experienced some kind of deep loss, uh, their home being burnt down, uh, their wives or children being abused right in front of their eyes, um, maybe their, their children taken and inscripted for service off to war, their cows being stolen, which devastates them financially. And so all around there's trauma. And it's in that cultural context that God has le led James to begin a ministry of reconciliation. Just think about that for a minute, how remarkable and how important and how needed. And and it's a message of reconciliation that's rooted in the gospel. So with that context, James, tell us a little bit more about the work that you do with your organization. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, in South Sudan, we have 64 tribes. Uh, the Denka and the Nuer are the two biggest uh, tribe, but there are 64. And these 64 tribes, they hate one another, they fight over various issues in South Sudan. And killing is uh, much of the, uh, the problem. So uh, in that context of hatred, of people not seeing eye to eye, uh, burning villages and killing one another, uh, we come in with the message of the gospel. And there are three things uh, uh, that we always tell them. Uh, we always bring them uh, together uh, under a tree, and people sit down, and first we uh, preach the gospel to them. First we say, uh, God in Christ has reconciled us to himself and to one another. And so we are one, we are equal. Even though we are coming from different tribes, Christ has united us as one people. And so we don't need to kill ourselves because we are one at, at the cross, the ground is level. 
uh, whether we come from various tribes, we are one in Christ. Uh, second thing that we tell them is that in Christ Jesus, we are forgiven. God has forgiven us, and therefore, it is a must for us to forgive one another. And there is no future without forgiveness. There is no society, there is no tribe, there is no church, there is no family that can exist without forgiveness. And third, uh, this message of reconciliation is given to the church. The church is the only institution that can transcend tribes, that can transcend all the divides of human uh, institution. And so, uh, because the church had that message of uh, reconciliation, the church needs to be listened to. The church needs to live it and embody it. And those messages, God has used them to be able to, uh, to bring reconciliation in the context of South Sudan. And people unite and are able to go back uh, home. Normally when, when they come, uh, first day, um, they are suspicious, looking sad, and at the end of the day, you can see them. They can be able to uh, hold hands and be able to move together. Mm. And, and we have seen God uh, using that message and bring reconciliation in our communities in South Sudan. Amen. I think we have a couple photos we can put on the screen of one of these meetings. Let's put the first one on the screen if we can. And James, tell us uh, what's going on here in this photo. Uh, that is one example of uh, tribes. These are people from different tribes, uh, militants, those who are fighting, chief, elders. And so when, when there is a conflict because of any issue, we bring them together and we walk them. We tell them the message uh, that I've just told you and uh, we help them to agree and be able to move together. And so this is one of the meetings that people discuss, some people with arms and all that, and they are able to reconcile. And so this is a contact. That is all what we do in most of the communities in South Sudan. And we have one more show, uh, photo. Let's put that up there. This, this, this is the same group? Yes. Um, now, this is another group. Uh, now, after you can, you can see what I've just uh, explained, uh, in the first day when they are discussing, they are looking suspicious to one another, and then at the end, that is what they do. They smile, they hug one another, they become friends, they are reconciled, and they go back to their community telling them that we are reconciled. And so they're all, I see they're all wearing these white shirts. And um, they came from, these are people from different tribes that were angry at each other prior, and, and now we see what God has done here. Beautiful. Exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. From different uh, tribes. When I, I, I saw that photo of the first service, and honestly, I, I could, it just looks like heaven. You know, it, look, it looks like heaven. And then I thought about, well, you know, it's not heaven yet, but it's a little bitty embodiment of that. And um, James, what you said about the church is the one that's caused to carry the message of recon reconciliation. That's really hitting me right now because we're the body of Christ. And so if Christ's mission is reconciling all things, how is he doing that? He's doing that mm -hmm. through us, yes. through the church. Yeah, we, um, for us uh, at the church, uh, okay, other institutions like the government, like other agencies, like uh, they can talk about reconciliation. 
But God, the only institution on earth that God has given the message of reconciliation, it is the church. And for us as a church, we have to live it. We don't just speak it. We have to live it. For example, your wife has done to you something, or you have done something to your wife, you have a responsibility to forgive. And by that way, you leave it before. And so when, when, when society, when other people and believers see us leaving and forgiving one another, embody the message of reconciliation, that is a gospel to them. They will, it's, it's not by telling them, it's by other people seeing it, the way we leave the message of reconciliation that bring people to Christ. Can you tell us a story, an example of someone who has found reconciliation with God and is living it out? Yes. Um, one, of our, one, one, one chief in South Sudan in 2013 when the war broke out, uh, war broke out in South Sudan and his two sons were killed by one of the tribe. And so he cried and uncontrollably and then uh, life went on. So like uh, from 2013, and then in 2016, another war broke out. And this time, uh, the enemy, uh, those people who killed uh, his two sons were the ones that are being hunted down. They were being killed. And so this man opened his gates for these other tribe, for the families of these other tribe to come to his house, and he closed the door so that the soldiers could not come to kill, to kill them. So when soldiers come with their guns, they want to kill these families of these other people, he said, you have to kill me first before you kill them. So he protected them. And then later on, people were asking him, now this was a perfect opportunity for you to revenge, for you to kill this, why, why, why have you done this? This is strange. And he said, the pain I went through, the pain that I experienced when my sons were killed, I don't want any person, I don't want any other human being to experience that. And that was powerful. So this is a person uh, who lived the message of the gospel, and he's a Christian. So that is one powerful, that's one person who have shown, even with his pain, he was not able, he decided to, uh, to go in the way of peace instead of revenging. You know, we talk a lot here about, um, we take God's word seriously, we take theology seriously, and it's not just to know it as important as that is, it's to live it. And, and, and what James is pushing us on right now, I don't even know if you're meaning to or not, this is the spirit, is just bursting out of me right now, is in what ways is this gospel of reconciliation that's so important to me, and we sing about it every Sunday, how is it flowing through me? How am I about the work, how are we about this work? of reconciliation. Um, James, I want to thank you. I, I, you're not, we're not going to let you go yet because we want to keep hearing from you, but I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing, and we want to pray for you. So maybe that's the next question. How can we pray for you? Thank you very much. Uh, three uh, three uh, prayer items uh, that are in, on my list. One, South Sudan is still a fragile country. Uh, politicians are still mobilized people uh, their tribes to kill one another. And so continue to pray for lasting peace in South Sudan. Uh, number two, as we move around from one tribe's countering 
the, the what politicians tell their people, uh, preaching the message of reconcil uh, reconciliation, uh, you pray that uh, the, the message of the gospel will be receptive to people that we talk to, that we minister to, so that uh, there is reconciliation in South Sudan. So uh, receptiveness of the gospel is very important. South Sudan right now is a vigilant country whereby different ideologies, Islam, diff and so uh, what we are doing now will define South Sudan in 100 years to come. And so whatever we do at this point now, uh, if Christians don't do anything in South Sudan, other ideologies, other religions will take the country, will shape the country. And so we see it, God has put us in a central state where we can change South Sudan. To, uh, to, to the direction of Christ. So pray for us for receptiveness of the gospel. And thirdly, 60% uh, of, our, of our country are young people. 60%. And young people don't have opportunities, opportunities for education in South Sudan. So pray for us that the next generation will have opportunities to learn, and as they learn on education, they will also learn Christ. And so pray for uh, better opportunities for them to thrive. Thank you. We will. We will pray for those this morning, and we're going to pray for them ongoing. And, and I want to encourage you not to forget those. Um, when you're a part of this church, part of uh, what you're committing to is you're committing to be a part of these partnerships that we have with, with James and others. And, and we'll ask in different ways, money and going and praying. And these three prayer requests are meaningful to us. So praying for lasting peace in Sudan, the re receptivity to the gospel, and educational opportunities for uh, young men and young women. We will pray for those. Before we pray, we're gonna have a chance together to embody and live out the unity of Christ that we have in the gospel, and we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate the Lord's table together. And so I wanna ask the, uh, the ushers to go ahead and get ready. Don't start serving, but just prepare to serve. And James and I are together gonna lead you in celebrating the Lord's table together. I don't want you to miss that the core and the center text of James's ministry is Colossians 1, 19 and 20, that Jesus Christ by his blood, reconciling all things. And we're called to be a part of the reconciliation of Christ together. And how is that embodied around a table? So James, let me ask you, share with us briefly, what, what, what is the meaning of the table for you and your church in the midst of a, a war-torn country? Um, the, 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 Lord, uh, the Lord table, uh, or the Lord suffer in, uh, in our context, uh, this is a time uh, uh, for us to express our faith in Christ. So when, um, when we come together, um, it brings the message of reconciliation, the me message of cross, that we are reconciled to God and we are reconciled to one another. And mostly the reconciliation, the, it is a biblical one as horizontal. So the first one is God acts. Christ died on the cross and we have, don't have to do anything on it. The difficult one on the, what God has given us is the vertical one, the message of, uh, of reconciliation. So when we are at the table, we are meeting our King. We are meeting Jesus Christ. And we are using our elements to be able to share as a body. It signifies unity that we are one, and we are meeting our Lord. And we are coming from background of being broken, 
or we have hurt people and all that and we are coming uh, as, as, uh, as we are. And God accepts us as we are. Uh, for us, those who receive the Holy Communion, uh, the Lord table, are not the holy ones. It is the people who are broken. We come with our own brokenness because Jesus is a friend of sinners. And so we come and share with him. And we believe through these elements, God can transform us, can transform our thoughts, can transform our hearts, our bodies. And we will be transformed to, Christ, uh, to Christ-likeness. I want you to reflect on that. James just shared as, as we're about to celebrate the table together as the culmination of this worship service, that these elements, as James just said, are not for holy ones, not for righteous ones, they're for broken ones. And if you are willing to admit your brokenness, your lack of peace, your lack of reconciliation relationally with God, with others, if you're willing to admit that this morning and look to Christ, the reconciler, you are welcome at this table. Maybe this morning it's the first time you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe it was a long time ago you first did. But if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection for you, take the bread, take the cup, hold on to it, and then James and I will return to the stage and we'll celebrate it together as a reconciled body. Let's celebrate. Wow. 
found your maker lies on the bloody tree behold him sinner will this not suffice though the incarnate God ascended pleads the merit of his blood venture on him venture holy let no other trust intrude I will arise and go to Jesus he will embrace me in his arms in the arms of my dear Savior of a fragmented creation. Peace requires a cost. The cost is the body and blood of Jesus. You hold in your hands right now, tangible symbol of the cost that was paid so the work of reconciliation could be done in us and ultimately in Christ to all the creation. I wanna lead us through the taking of the bread and then James will lead us through the taking of the cup. This is the body of Christ that is broken to you. Eat it in remembrance of him. Yeah. Would, would you lead us in your own, uh, in your own tongue, your mother tongue, Thank you. Ebi a mugu gobro ayer pirater, kamekan kuchirinum, ton chikar sotoin, kulech. Let's drink. Amen. I want to take an opportunity now to pray for James. So if you'd bow your heads, I'm going to put my arm around you. And we, uh, your home away from home, are going to pray for you, our brother. Father, we thank you for James Bach and uh, the miracle of preserving his life at a young age, of sending Jesus to him, of allowing him to take on a new mission, um, a new battlefield, to be able to go back to his homeland and be a faithful witness of the gospel of peace. We pray for South Sudan that you would lead them to lasting peace that the conflict would cease so that they could be about the work of building a nation. We pray that the gospel would flourish there, that as James said, that it would be planted deep and that it would grow and the seeds of the gospel would be such that people would be reconciled to you in a way that would be life-changing, that would be nation-changing. And finally, Father, we pray for the educational opportunities of their young men and women who are not having an opportunity to learn. 
And we pray that you would allow them to learn and that all of this would be rooted in the gospel of grace, in our name, in your name, in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you that you have called us to yourself through the cross. And by cross, we are united. I thank you for this church that you have called to yourself. Thank you for, uh, for their ministry. Thank you for their love that they have shown to us around the world. And Father, I pray that you continue uniting this church, continue to use this church, uh, Lord, as you, as you minister in the world. Thank you for each one of them, and thank you for the love that they have shown us. Through them, we are able to see Christ's hands coming in many parts of the world. Through them, we are able to see the love of Christ. Thank you for this church. Continue transforming this church and be with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We love you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, brother. God bless you.